we're done dancing, and you'll hear no moral victories from this podcast. But we never have to see that rat-faced ever coach a game again. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, and I'm five beers deep, joined as usual (laughs) by my drinking friends and commiseration partners, Kevin Greck and Alex Plum. Kevin, how are you feeling? Good, sir. Uh, uh, I'm working my way up to five. Um, This has been quite the drinking occasion, but um, man... The thing that I console myself with is, yes, this this game sucked. Yes, MSU had a chance to win it at the end. Yes, Duke is moving on to the tournament. Yes, Coach K did win, but he will probably die soon. <laughs> and I love that we've gone to the darkest place off the jump. And I love that it was you, because normally that is reserved for our dear friend Alex Plum. Plum. One up me, my man. What do you got? What flame do you want to throw here? Uh, I. Flamer. Flamer. Yeah, that, I, I think it was. I think it was picked up. I think it was picked up. I think the mic got it. I am. I am routinely sexually harassed, and 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 uh, and even worse by my co-hosts. And that's why they had to meet me a co-host, by the way, everybody. I wasn't listening to us. It was was part of the court order. It was part of the court order. I had to be given full equity. Uh, Today, I will be coming for the referees because they fucked us and good. Uh, They didn't lose us the game. We lost ourselves the game. But fuck them. Fuck them all. Well, uh, (laughs) I just saw a note in here about the Duke game that I assume is from Plum. No, I'm not uh, even in the outline. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know who wrote that down. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, maybe we can expound on that. Uh, before we get into it, uh, we, we do want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, obviously, you know, coming off of uh, an exciting weekend, a weekend of optimism. And now uh, this is probably the last hurrah for basketball. And as we transition back into a football podcast. Uh, but if we could ask a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And of course, follow us on Twitter and maybe Instagram at Spartan underscore pod. Uh, gentlemen, I'm just going to take it. I think we're talking basketball and basketball alone. Uh, we might and touch Duke on... and Duke alone. I mean, like we, we, we should talk, talk about the da- we should talk about the Davidson game. Okay. We'll and, talk and... about it, but let's. Yeah, this is the the primary focus. Yeah, and and we'll we'll touch a little bit on you know the the future of the team, maybe speculate a little bit, uh, you know, because I I guess I'll start here. Well, let's start uh let's start at the end in that I think coming into the weekend and in some ways after the Davidson game, uh, I was ready to move on from this team. Yes, and I will say I am a uh, surprised at just how bummed I am right now. Mm. I'm not crying, you know, like I'm not sad in the way, certainly, you know, Cassius's senior uh, season tournament being canceled that I was truly sad about that. Truly sad. Um, You know, I I would have been probably more sad if that team had lost, say to Duke uh, in, in 
some bullshit round of 32 where Duke gets a home game. Yeah. Uh, but no, I in fairness, sad. in fairness to the Spartans that were in the house that night, uh, tonight, uh, I heard a lot of go greens, go whites coming through the mic. I, I think I saw some Auburn cheerleaders participating in a go green, go white for a little while. Yeah, uh, I believe it. Shout out to the Bruce Pearls, the fighting Bruce Pearls. I believe Truly it. the Ed Ogeron of college basketball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We can come back to that. That was a good, that was a good seed to plant. And then we can come back. We can cultivate this. We can grow it into something beautiful, uh, but it is, it's a good observation for another day. Uh, so anyway, so like I said, I want to start at the end there where I, I'm, I'm just curious emotionally. It, I, I don't know, you know, Gabe, Marcus, they came through in a time. They started in a time where we had a more of an emotional attachment to teams um, I, and, and I am sad for them. Uh, and I'm sad to be out of the tournament. Yeah. Uh, as much as you don't want to lose on a loss and we're not, again, we're not doing moral victories lose on a loss? here. Yeah, we don't, you don't want to end the season on a loss, although that happens in the tournament for, uh, everyone Every, except for one. 99% team. of the teams. It's not exactly 99, but. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna rap. Fuck you're you. Round. <laughs> yep. Round. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna what do to the- you what the universe is gonna do to Mike Shishovsky very soon. <laughs> Crush him in a garbage compactor, like every good rat before him. Uh, you know, Mike is picturing his final moments as being like surrounded by his family no. and like his Truly crying the, wife. The It'll just be a Compost. trash compactor closing in on him with Plum's maniacal laughter in the background. And his hands bedazzled in all of his national championship rings, feebly, feebly pushing back against the impending crush. Because what shit I do. Fuck goes around in commercial he was wearing one today mike mike what are you proving by wearing those gaudy you get them they go in a display case no one wears them no one you don't are you under the bar with your buddies you sad sad absolute chode let's talk about the game all right you were saying where i was going is gabe bingham and to a slightly lesser extent but certainly in the course of the tournament um did did play well joey hauser they were guys that had good games in what is presumably their final couple of games uh really really good game for gabe really good game for bingham um I kind of would have liked to have seen a little bit more Tyson Walker at the end of the game, but uh, these are these are guys that were frustrating for us at times over the course of their career. But here, on again, presumably their final game as Spartans in the green and white, they came through. Yeah, they did what they needed to do to win. Yeah. I thought. I think so too. Um, yeah, so an 85-76 loss. I mean, let's let's spend some time talking about some individual performances because I became mildly furious looking at this box score. And what made me so angry was seeing that Marcus Bingham had 27 minutes. <laughs> Is that his season slash career high? Career yes. high? Has to be. Marcus, 16 points. 10 rebounds, six on the offensive glass, by the way, uh, three blocks, two steals. 
I I don't understand. I am I am truly speechless as to why it what why there, and and part of it's on Marcus, right? Because it it is very clear that he was not dialed in for good portions of this season. Of this season. But in fairness to Marcus, the first half of the season, despite being truly an elite rim projector who who was a difference maker in every game or nearly every game at the beginning of the season, Tom Izzo would openly talk shit about him in the press after every game. So I'm I'm confused. I, I am truly confused. Anyone have thoughts on Marcus Bingham and 27, 27 minutes and another double-double, resulting also in five net less possessions I think Duke. I think this team has always been able to uh, punch at its opponent's weight is the best way that I can say that. that that's about the only thing that, that we can say in terms of consistency for a Tom Izzo Michigan State basketball team is it will punch at its opponent's weight. And it will be able to do that fairly consistently. Uh, We always regress to the mean. We always play down. In this case, we played up. And I think for Gabe and Marcus to have the nights that they've had after the seasons that they've had is to illustrate that when it came time for competition, they were able to do it, especially knowing that this was it for them. So Mm -hmm. in that respect, I, you know, doff my cap, tip of it. Well done. You know, I think that they gave everything they could tonight. Um, We can talk about Max Christine a little bit, but for them right now, it is a heartbreaker that we couldn't see more out of them earlier this season. Maybe that gets us a better pole position in the in the uh, in the the bracket because there's a whole lot that I think we could say about bracket management. I, I think when you look at the way the rest of the bracket has played out with a number of upsets that have occurred, it is a heartbreaker to me that we have to continue continuously get fucked by the NCAA uh, selection committee to yeah. go up against these number one teams again and again and again and again and again to fucking drive ratings. It is. It's so infuriating, and it's 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 just unfair to our guys. Now, they you know the selection committee didn't lose this game for us, but I just mean it's the same fucking story year after year, and it just gets hard. It gets hard, and it gets exhausting to have to play like that. But it's also just not fun. It, it takes yeah. yeah, it it takes the joy out of this tournament as an MSU fan, and I yeah. I managed to be just a, a general basketball fan at times. I've watched a lot of basketball this weekend. But it, like the Davidson game was not fun because of all of the stuff that went into it. And this yep. game obviously was never going to be fun because of all of the stuff that went into it. Yep. And it, it sucks. It sucks. No, that's yeah, it. Go ahead. Oh, good. I, I just, I, this is a bit of an aside, but I, I was, I think it was Greg. I was complaining about this to you. I watching the, you talk about the things that go into it and, and what was not fun. I, I was watching the the pregame or preview media availability for the team. And I found myself annoyed. This was both ESPN, I believe, uh, reporters asking the players about how they felt about, you know, being able to end Coach K's career. And first of all, I think that's a bullshit question to be asking a bunch of 20-year-olds. Of course it is. And, it's, and, it's, and, it's but hold possible. on. But more to the point, it's also a dumb question because they're not ending coach K's career. Coach K is ending ending his his own career. career. That's it. And, and to, and to put some sort of onus on them that they'd be taking an institution out of the game, which by the by, Greg, as you pointed out, Gabe Brown could be like, by the way, this is also my last game. Like, right. Are you asking asking coach K? 
Yeah. That question? All the seniors could be like, uh, you know, guys, um, yeah. this happens every year. There are loads of people in this tournament right now, right now for whom this is their last game. Foster lawyer. Oh, Last is it probably probably yep. gonna come back? And no one took here. any joy in that. But you know Where? the the they thing don't is, have grad programs, man. They don't have grad po- programs at Davidson. No, it's a small school. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it Maybe is a D one school. Just go but... take some more uh, classes. Get an, get another degree. Yeah, why not get a few more degrees? I think. Um, but to credit to our guys, they answered honestly. Because of course they're seeing it. They're seeing it all in the media. They're seeing it on Twitter. They're seeing it across social media. Everyone's yeah. talking about it. They know the implications of it. So credit to them for at least speaking plainly and speaking truthfully. You know that lying sack of shit rat face. I'm sure there's a, a fuck ton of infraction <laughs> violations out of that goddamn school. Just garbage human being wearing four rings on a nationally televised commercial for AT&T. You are a true sack of shit, Mike Shashevsky. I'll get over it one day. I'll get over it one day. I won't. Weak service to at least go with Verizon. You know what I mean? Um, we got to talk about Max Christie. I well, have... we should celebrate some other folks. Okay, before right. we like, let's, let's celebrate Hauser then. Let's talk about well, Joey Hauser. I, yes, sure. I mean Hauser. Well, this game was not his game, but a huge three. I mean, six boards, six big boards, three yep. assists. Nice, nice game. And nice game out of Joey. Key threes. Joey always hit a key three to keep it close, to keep it exciting, to keep us in it. So yeah, we'd love some more. Needed more, but. Um, he, he did have a redemptive arc. He did. But I want to talk about Tyson. Okay. That's who I want to talk about. All right. And uh, go ahead. Go ahead. And I want to talk about the lineups. And I can't believe that as the season's over, we're still bitching about lineups. But this happened in the Davidson game too, that it took until the under eight timeout for the two guard lineup, two guard lineup to come up, to yep. show up in the game. Yep. And it has been such an effective lineup. I don't understand what we're doing here. Yep. And at the end of the game, when you clearly needed threes to get back into it, you keep pulling him. him. You pull him. They put Hogard. Izzo puts Hogard in as, and it's not like Tyson Walker was afraid. He hit big shots in this game. Yeah, four for eight, two for five from behind the arc. You know, thirteen points. Yep. Five assists, one turnover, a steal. And actually, I think he had a, a they didn't credit him with steal, but he disrupted another pass as well. It was uh, it was uh, Walker, right? That put us up three with a few minutes left in the game, yes. four minutes left in the game. Yeah. So like, why in the world you pull the dude that got you there and then you put in a guy who's finding his own way, but can't but shoot, does not have an outside shot in a situation where. You don't have a lot of time. You need threes. And you need threes. And it's not like Tyson Walker didn't show that he can get to the bucket. I mean, he not as good as AJ. Like, I'm not pretending fine, that he has fine. the body. But, like, he showed he has. It, it, the, the, the thing that, as we look forward to next year, is that we need AJ to at least pretend that he has a shot. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the flaw in his game. Tyson Walker does not get to the bucket nearly as well as AJ Hogard. And I'm not, but he can't not respect that component of his game. So to, to take the guy away who can make a goddamn three. Yeah, it defies logic. I, I mean, to your point too, though, there were a number of, of and ones that Hogard should have picked up that he can't. I mean, Hogard's yep. inability to finish is also an incredibly frustrating thing when he drives. So he's, I mean, listen, you're, I'm never going to come for the kid for the hustle. 
I'm never going to come for the kid for a lot of the elements that he gives his distribution of the ball, his, his read of the court. I mean, his, you know, th- those things he's abs heads and tails above Tyson Walker, but uh, there's, you know, anyway, y- your point is well-made and I don't know what it is with Izzo. Uh, I don't know I, if it's a, a series of small strokes that he has during the game. Well, you want to talk about Max Christie, but in fairness to Tom Izzo, he did get that right. Because Max Christie must have logged easily his fewest minute totals of the entire season. Kid's been averaging 30 minutes a game, I think. uh, Over 32 plus. And this one, only 24. 24. Uh, Max Christie, though, ends with nine points. Four for eight from the field. One for two from behind the arc. Which, I... I, Max took less shitty shots uh-huh. than he has in a while because he's less. And update. This is the fewest uh, minutes that he's played in a game all season, his entire career. It ties with his 24 minutes at Iowa, which was a 26 point loss for the Spartans. Mm. Well, so Max Christie, nine points, uh, three rebounds. Two assists, two turnovers, and one of those turnovers truly came at the absolute worst time. It was the worst turnover we could have had. We we simply, as as evidence has shown, we could not afford that turnover. Mm-hmm. Now, these things, and I again it's it you look on a stat sheet and you think two is great. For him, two turnovers is fantastic. But just like looking at Joey Hauser and going, shit, only one three, not great. These things matter in the context within which they happen. Also, Max, Max isn't a primary ball handler. Well, two but, turnovers is too many turnovers. And and the, to the, the and we talked about the ratio last week or the week before. So he he's on the wrong side of all this. It's just turnover ratio. I mean, on the wrong side of all of this. But here especially, and maybe it's a freshman in the big dance against a story vaulted storied vaulted team. I don't know what it is, but um, but he has a lot a lot to prove. He has a lot to get right this off season. He is not the McDonald's all American that we were promised. He is not the shooter that we were promised. He is not the leader that he should be and that his stature in his previous teams has demonstrated he should be. And especially with the family and the pedigree that he comes from his, well, his the critique. The critique of Max is that he never played at a particularly elite level. Well, I mean, maybe he plays like a woman's basketball player. I don't know. He looks like one, uh, but he, it's, he it's does have very, a femininity. He has a very him. femininity. Okay, all yeah. right. Let's yes. let's be careful yeah. here. Yeah, it's attractive to some of us. I mean, I want to be explicit about that, but that makes me hate him more. Right? If we're being really honest, the fact that you find him to be attractive it bothers yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. So you, you came. Plum hates himself more than I hate myself, and that's Christy. why I don't like the kid. <laughs> you should make me feel shitty about myself. Self-loathing. That's it. That's it. Um, what else do we want to say about this Duke game? Here's one thing. And again, I hate this team. I hate its coach. I hate everyone that's ever. We, are we talking shown. about Tom Izzo? I think company? he's talking or, about our team. I'm with uh, you too. I'm, I'm talking about Duke, but the consensus online uh, going up to this game, when I, when I read about these matchups and these things from people that were ACC fans or Duke fans was that this, this was a team that was 
turtling down the stretch. It was, you know, obviously they dropped that home game to Carolina. Then they, you know, bow out early in the big or the ACC tournament. And the consensus was if they got punched in the mouth late in one of these games, they would just fold. And I thought that had a high percentage chance of happening when MSU went up five with a few minutes to play. Yeah. Yeah. And in fairness to Duke, it did not. They turned the screws. They hit some big shots. You know, was it Keels? That dude that, well, first off, at two points in this game, Duke players went down and pretended that they were hurt when they were right. obviously not hurt. Correct. Correct. Um, Correct. And it, there's a, there seems to be more and more of that happening in sure. college basketball. I kind of thought that was a college football thing, but it's happening now here yep. as well. Yep. You know, guys don't even feel like they have to leave the game after they have a trainer come out on the, on the court, at least before they would like have the decency to go sit down for a couple minutes. Um, but, uh, Keels hits that big three. They turn Max Christie over. They, they play some good defense and they hit their free throws and they put the game away at a time when they had the opportunity to fold and they didn't do it. And they didn't do it. Were you just, were were you just mentioning, sorry, I stepped away for a second. Were you just mentioning the, the injuries? Yes. Uh, I think we need to institute the same rule that football has, which is if, that if you cause a stoppage of play, you need to leave. You got to walk out. You got to. You got to leave. If the play. if the, it well, if the trainer comes on, they do have to leave. If the no, trainer no, no. If the on. if the referee has to blow the whistle to stop play, you need to leave. Okay. Well, that that is not the rule in soccer. And again, I don't know why that should be the comparator here, but it, it's only the, the consistency here between the two between those two sports specifically is if the trainer doesn't come on, then then there is no requirement that the player leaves. So um, let's talk about the referees. Let's talk okay. about the referees for a couple We can minutes. talk about them for Davidson too, by the by. The we floor could. is yours. This is your, this is your subject. In, in, the rounds, in the rounds of 64 and the rounds of 32, it is very difficult for us to get referees that we have not seen before. And this works for us and against us. On the one hand, you want referees that are familiar with the physicality of the Big Ten style of play. We wouldn't want uh, Mountain West Pac-10 referees doing our games, probably because the level of physicality is not going to be the same, and therefore it requires players to make adjustments that aren't fair. Okay, so hold that tension. At the same time, because of COVID, the conferences have restricted the travel of the referees. So in the Davidson game, for example, we saw Pat Driscoll for the first time all season. Pat Driscoll is a Big Ten referee who lives in upstate New York. He has refereed, I should know all this, he's refereed a ton of our games in the past because he is one of the best referees in the NCAA and among, again, the top three, top two referees in the Big Ten. And we haven't seen him because COVID has restricted a lot of the travel. And so we have seen again and again the same referees over again, and and Bo is one of them. Now the inconsistency comes, if you know that you're going to get some of the referees that you've seen from conference play. Because referees work for conferences. They're independent contractors. And um, the best guys, by the way, work for the best conferences. All of them. When I was in my prime, I was working for the ACC, the SEC, and the Big Ten at the same time. And the guys that are refereeing college are working for more than that. You know, they're hopscotching the country every night in games. So it's not unless, surprising. Uh, unless they're like a high school principal or something like that. Right, exactly. And then they might or limit a cop it. down in Florida. 
So what, who just got Under fired? Investigation. And who got fired? And how Larry Scarato is getting games is it is truly a black eye on the NCAA and every conference that hires him. Unexcusable and unforgivable. Have to be above reproach. But what I want to talk about is Lee Castle. Lee Castle. And I want to talk about AJ Desai. Lee Castle and AJ Desai were the other two referees because while Bo Borowski works for both the ACC and the Big Ten, AJ Desai and Lee Castle only work for the ACC. They might do some other things, but they don't referee in the Big Ten. So Mike Krzyzewski saw three referees that he has seen all season. That he's accustomed to. That he is accustomed to and that he has seen all season long. Tom did not get that benefit of the doubt. Now, you know Bo Borowski fucks us like a dog every time we have him. The, the fact that we didn't get a single benefit of the doubt on one of those calls from the other two referees is a disproportionate unfairness that Michigan State experienced. Did not cost us the game. I want to be explicit. But it's just more shit that we shouldn't have to contend with. And when you place this game in the context of, an, of the dean of the ACC coaches retiring this season in the big dance in March Madness, these guys absolutely gave the benefit of the doubt to Krzyzewski in ways that Izzo was not. You saw it with a five-second call. You saw it with multiple inconsistencies in offensive three call, Three fouls in one possession. You saw three fouls in one possession. You saw that it. was That was my fault. I manifest that. I had just said, oh my God, Duke has more fouls than we do. And How that's exactly that what it was. And, and then the exactly next possession. Because you know Krzyzewski was chirping to them. By name! And you know, and I mean, I know how the ACC works when it comes to officials. And I, you just, it is hard not to think that these guys were afraid for what their conference season could be for their assignments next year. So um, I, I want, I want to talk for a second about what happened in the Davidson game. Uh, because I, this is, this is a, apart from the Duke game, but the notion that the, uh, there was a charge that was reviewed and the under two minute moment and and i understand i want to be very clear that i understand that that the reason that that call in particular was able to be reviewed is because it literally involved a line on the court well you know i I know well here's the part that i have a problem with and and that it was under two minutes there are so many possessions in a basketball game Mm -hmm. that the notion that somehow a possession is of more importance and more weight because of the mere time in which it occurs is the dumbest thing I have ever heard. And I would actually say, I would go so far as to extend that to truly any sport. That that somehow you need to get the call right because there's less time in the game is dumb. I mean, it, think of it, if, if that was the, the case in a sport with lower scoring, like soccer or hockey, that where truly a goal can be the difference between. In fact, I don't know if you saw in um, the oh CCHA. Yeah, you talking about the CCHA, the Mason Cup yeah, Finals. Yeah, that the refs had left the game. The and whole they, game and, was over, and then they got additional video later on from the truck and had to call the refs back to the game. But but anyway, but my my point truly is that like I am this artificial time barrier and and why two minutes. Like it, 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 it let's is be clear. It let's defies be, logic. Let's it, be you, clear about like this. you reason it out. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I, I, I'm cool. And I think the challenge with this too, Mike, is that in reality, 
the referees call fewer other than the forced fouls this the, the clock stoppage fouls to force the shot the referees are not calling game critical or big calls in the last couple minutes of games they're not doing it and that's just a observable fact it's not debatable in soccer we have a saying for when you make a big the authority with which you just said in soccer was we have, no. a, we have we have an actual phrase. If you call a big foul at the end of a game, it is literally called a courageous call. And they call it a courageous call because it it counts for more in assessments. Getting it right or getting it wrong has an outsized impact on how well you do or how poorly you will have done on that on that scored assessment. Because to your point, score is so low that on a penalty kick or a, a, a send-off decision late in the game, you have to have it right. So on the one hand, I understand under the under the two-minute rule why you would allow more review to happen because you want things to be right. But what you've done here is that charge call anywhere else on the court is not reviewable. Mm-hmm. So then you have to – that's what's that, – you can't have a technical rule for a charge that can be called or not called. I mean, that, that's, that is not excusable because it's just a charge. And so it's in the opinion of the referee. Now, listen, if you're going to call that line – then it is factually observable that you could factually observe whether or not the guard had his feet settled. You could factually observe whether his feet were still moving. And anywhere on the court, that would determine whether or not the charge was. So why don't we review those in the under two? And the reality is because we would be reviewing everything under two. That's the inconsistency. And that's what's wrong. So all of it is, all of it's objective, objective. Anything can be objective. So that, but that's the rule. And the referees were consistent to it. Pat Driscoll did not have his best night. I'll be honest, he didn't have his best night. It ended up not costing us, but it was unpleasant to watch in real time. Uh, it it was also notable the degree to which the uh, the play by play, the color guys, Rafferty, who seemed to be Bill Rafferty's got to retire, got to retire, drinks deep the gotta entire go. time. The, the the fact that all three of them were watched multiple times something that. And seemingly, just what, what video were they looking at? Yeah. I'm. We're talking about the the last out of bounds call. Well, the, game, though the refs did. I don't know what video the refs were looking at in that scenario yeah. either. Uh, we knew that this was going to happen, though, with Coach K being on the other sure. side. Sure. We like normally I like Raf, but like there are just some there are some things that you knew there. The it was just going to be gross. The whole situation was going to be gross, and MSU was going to have to play a perfect game, and it played really well at times. I mean, the half court yeah. offense in this game for MSU operated better, better than than most games. I, I'm not yeah. maybe not the best all season, but better than most of the time. Almost all the games, they needed some stops that they didn't get on defense. Um, they had opportunities I, in this game. I didn't think our defense, I mean, despite the fact that Duke shot uh, really 57% from the field, I I mean, there were, I, there were things that, I, you know, you have to wonder at some point in time, is there just truly a talent difference that is... Well, we saw parts of that. Like, Banchero took the game over a couple times. Um, yeah. Williams uh played really 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 well for them i like i don't know what to do about about mark williams um 
So, yeah. I mean... 15 points, eight boards, five five blocks and two steals. So, like, man, like, what do you do against a guy like that? Uh, he also, I mean, the, his ability, uh, this is Mark Williams, to just throw the ball down. Like, make a couple moves and just dunk. Like, I don't know. I don't know what you do about that. So, um, uh, is Duke a, a good free throw shooting team throughout the season? No, I mean, they're fine. They're like in the seventies, but th- th- as you, they noted on the broadcast, uh, through the first half, they had not missed a free throw in the tournament. Yeah. Wild. Okay. The, so, the thing that hurts about this the most, I think is when Joey Hauser hit those threes and I was, I was calling him a, 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 a corn fed yokel. Um, and then he hit I the mean, threes. Um, the three, I, or, sorry, those free throws is what I meant. Not threes. Ah. Um, I really, truly thought that MSU. I thought we were going to win. Was going to win that game. I thought we were going to win the game. And I, then, I looked at the score. I looked at the time and I said, do not get hopeful. I, I yeah. Well, if that had happened just maybe a minute later. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they would have won the game. I think, I, no, I honestly think if, I honestly think if, if, Christy doesn't turn the ball over there and we just get to, it changes the entire tempo. It just, it's the hurried, it's the rushed, it's the, uh, it really, I mean, inability to consistently drive the desperation shooting for three. I mean, it just unravels after that. Or there was a, a Banchero like took it down the court on him and, and dunked it and got fouled. Right. Then, yes. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Tyson Walker, you have to stop waiting until it's too fucking late. Until it's yeah. too late, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I mean, we, I, I'm, I'm over that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he had 13 points in this game, and I believe had zero in the first half. Maybe two? Two points uh, in the first half? I don't know. I, don't, I, I mean, it he wasn't He did not have more. At, at most, he had three. I believe it was two. Like He did you, not have an impact on the first half. In you the, can't in the box score. You can't do this, man. Can I um? Can I uh? Can I ask this question? And it's going to kind of transition us a little bit. I don't know. You need to tell me what the question is before I, I won't. Can tell you if you can ask it. Or you not. know what? I'll kill you. <laughs> okay. That's um. Good. This is not this this team is not a to take. Uh, I'm going to borrow from Joe Ashworth here, but it's really borrowing from El Tiger. This was not a. This is not a deep water team. This team is not a deep water team. Who? needs to improve in what ways in this offseason for this team to be a deep water team. Oh, I've got lots of thoughts on that. Yeah, let's take that, Plum, write it down. Let's talk about Davidson real quick. Let's do an ad read, and then we'll talk about next season. So I love that. Davidson, the Fossey Bear game, um, to me. Hold on. Let's remember our emotions, because we all hopped on a call. It was We were very angry. It was the angriest win I've had all season. That's not true. That's not true. Maryland game win. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. fair. That's, that's fair. fair. That's accurate. That was true. But, that was but I, we, we walked away that's from that true. and said, I hate this game as yeah. in the game of, of basketball. basketball. Maybe all of sport. And like considered quitting the podcast. Like that's the level to which it was... <laughs> It easier was easier for me not don't, being a part of it. 
Don't tease these people, Mike Jones. It's unfair. Some people are actively rooting for my exit of the podcast, which, you know, who knows? Another day. Not today, though. Not today. Not today, Satan. Uh, I, I, yet, I mean, look, we, we eliminated, we eliminated their, their leading scorer in Foster Lawyer. Mm-hmm. We eliminated their, uh, guy who may be a pro that, uh, uh, is, what's his, I'm, I don't want to guess at his name, the Korean guy, uh, Lee. Lee, yes. Uh, is Lee his first name or his last name? Last Lee. Name? Sure. All right. <laughs> uh, and we, so and and, and they're um, they're all they're, they're you know player of the year a ten player of the year had had a stretch where he took over the game, um, but you know kept him out in the first half. Like we did some good things in that game, and then the New Zealand guy with the the shoulders that are not reasonably sized uh, seemed to take like what Reykjavik is this about? You see him. I'm I'm way more. Uh... It, I feel way more enabled to take just wild swings on the last name and first name. Why don't we? I mean, honestly, though, uh, Tom, me a look. Plum's like, Tom, hop on the phone, call up some of these dudes. Yeah. Offer them one of your open scholarships. You have 30. Bro, uh, there are some dudes uh, down in Jersey that you should go knock on their door, Jonesy, after you're done. Have you been watching these St. Peter, these St. Peter's teams that are our, our peacocks? Cacaw? Cacaw! There, are some, there are some dudes on that team, but we're not talking about the tournament yet. Keep talking about Davidson. Continue. I, I just, I, I, it's, it was, it was infuriating somehow that I think we executed our game plan at times and yet to Plum's point, we somehow played at their level. Correct. Yeah. That's it. Well, in some ways, that game was the inverse of the Duke game. Like, they had a real chance to put us away with, what, Mm -hmm. six minutes left, something like that. And they let us hang around. And then next thing you know, Gay Brown makes that big three. Gay Brown, who apparently was in the parking lot uh, or something before. He was, like, getting some smokes or something. Uh, I don't know where he was. But uh, then he decided with five minutes left, oh, I actually have a role in this uh, game. It's that massive three. And then sort of the game, you know, Joey, of course, also made a big three late. But then the game sort of like swings wildly. Also a possession where Davidson gets called for like five. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Inexplicably. uh, Yeah. And then in the last minute, uh, I don't know how much more time we need to talk about this game, but we got to see the entirety of Foster Lawyer as a basketball player. We got to see yeah. him hit a a three when it uh, when it kind of kind of mattered, kind of didn't matter, and then we also got to see him dribble it off his own uh, manhood, and then he fell down. Uh, he fell down, and that for me, that's when I knew he's back. And he never when you, left. When you tap sack yourself with a basketball and then you just oh, fall down Fossey. on your face. Fossey, Fossey, Bear. He's a good little kid. And I needed him to fall at least once in this basketball game. But I also, I didn't want him to be sad. 
at the same time. Sure. I got, no, no, I don't have anything. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't hate Foster Lawyer. Well. I thought this thing I'm, was really unfair to him having yeah. to play MSU. Yep. Um, I don't like it at all. It's what we were talking about last week. Is what we started this with. I don't. I don't like that. I don't want to have to root against a dude that we already spent a ton of time on this podcast saying he's not good enough to play in the Big Ten. Yep. Yeah, and and also I think in in fairness to Foster, we were big on his. You know, when he got hurt, that it was clear that he had a ton of contributions from the bench. Mm-hmm. He is not someone that I am, you know, particularly interested in losing a relationship with as a, as a program. Um, you know, Foster Lawyer is a grad assistant at some point in time. Call in that shot now. Mm, like it, spicy. He's he's going to come back, and you know, it's it's okay to say that because AJ Hogard cooked him, cooked him to the point that they pulled him early from that pulled him yeah Uh, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't know a ton about basketball and wouldn't be a great coach someday yeah so he did play 28 minutes which is more than he's been playing lately he he played 35 minutes against dayton uh five games ago and other than that 28 minutes is his high so um 28 minutes is not high for him over the course of the season but it was high for him recently but AJ, to go back to the maddening lineup decisions, only played 22 minutes when yeah. it was a clear advantage they had when AJ was on the floor. Um, yeah, Hogarth played pretty well this game. Obviously, no one played better than Hauser in that game. Yeah, Hauser I mean, won the game. That game, yeah. Uh, I think, what did I see his plus minus from, from Mr. Andy H was like 13 or something like that? It was I, wild. I believe it. Uh, and Hogarth ended the season. I mean, even against Duke, with uh, I keep wanting to call him Panchero because of the you know the restaurant, but uh, his defense wasn't bad against a dude who's a legit lottery pick. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, like Hauser made strides this year. Um, you know, I don't know where he's going to end up playing, but particularly I, in the in the back half. I mean, he was not yes. making strides in the first half of yes. the year. That is true. Uh, anything else that we want to say about this? Uh, I mean, the, no, the tournament widely about these games. No, I, I think I let's let's do an ad read and then let's talk about how we view the season and then what we want to see next. Yeah, um, great. So, uh, real bummer note to go into a, a sponsor that we're really actually very excited about. Sorry, Cloud uh, of Coffee Roasters. Sorry, buddy. Yes. So last week we mentioned we have a new sponsor. It's Cloud of Coffee Roasters. Uh, it is owned by two MSU graduates. If you want to help them out as they try and get through their sorrows and pep yourself up after a, I'm sure it was a long day of rink, drinking, uh, you should check out Cloud of Coffee Roasters. Uh, Cloud of Coffee Roasters produces small batch specialty coffees from around the world. They are Lansing based and they are offering 10 gourmet options like African blend or a complex Central American blend. For non-coffee drinkers, you got to check out the brewing cocoa, which uh, we're told tastes like brownie in a mug, but without the caffeine of coffee. So here's the deal. Great website, easy shopping experience. Uh, You should uh, check them out at Drink Cladda Coffee. That's C-L-A-D-D-A-G-H. We'll tweet this out because some of you asked. 
C-L-A-D-D-A-G-H, drinkcladacoffee.com. Enter CRCW10 for 10% off of your purchase. Try Clada Coffee. It's the way coffee was meant to be. And uh, we've gotten some positive feedback so far. There were some purchases last week that we were reaching out to. We're unsurprised by this. We love Clada Coffee. It's delicious. Already shipped. That was the thing that I was surprised by. How fast I got turned around. The responsiveness. Yes. Yes. Uh, we got who? Who was it? Who tweeted at us with the with the Mama, pictures? Mama belief. Mama belief. Um, but we, you know, I think we heard of some others too. So, uh, oh, very exciting, very exciting uh, partnership. Go to drinkcladacoffee.com. It'll be on the. Uh, It'll be on the Twitter. So promo code CRCW10. Yeah, get Gotta that t- enter that. Get us credit, please. Yeah. Get you get you that 10%. Get us the credit. Uh speaking of credit, who who do you want to credit for this season? That was a rough transition. Uh but I, I you know what? Lean into this is why you don't do the sort of hosting hosting. You are a co-host, and then and, there's a listener. And this guest. is why people don't want you on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Because, because you're glib. Loathsome. Glib, Michael. Nobody Loathsome. likes it when you're like this. <laughs> Look, I just need to stake my territory. I really, I need my performance review to be good. I need to sabotage my peers. This is how I succeed in the workforce. <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, uh, here I am. Up or out, Michael? Up or out? Up or out. I'm going to Peter Principal my way out of this. Invite, invited to an all Big Ten pod. And be like, okay, oh, listen. What what does Pierre Brooks have to do? Oh, we didn't talk about that in the Davidson game. By the by, <laughs> yeah, it made no sense either. <laughs> made no sense either. How many uh, minutes did he log? Irrelevant. Too many. It's about thirty. Too many, and I'm sure it was closer to eight. I don't know. They was only even... counted as three. It was definitely more than three. Th- three minutes. Uh, yeah. So I would give him at least four. But I know what you mean. To, yeah. Which to be in a tournament game and to to have a guy who played averaged like a minute a game, uh, insane, insane, Tom. Uh, he also oh he only had one over the course of the Duke game, but similar. Like what? But is why this and who who is he and why is he and is he's he Mr. Basketball be- in the state of Michigan? Plum, put put respect on that. All right, so all right, here's here's where I want to start. Which is what honestly were our expectations coming into this season? Medium. So medium expectations. We they, we finished what tied for sixth in the Big Ten. Yes, uh, I think those were the expectations going into the season. Then they were artificially inflated by certain end. performances yep. at Correct. the beginning of the right. season. Yep. We uh, talked about it- this a lot at the time. There was a very very gradual ramp for this basketball team. Made it to the third game. Well, technically, I guess the fourth round of the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. Third game for us. Uh, that is better than what they did last year. Yep. So finished higher in the Big Ten, went further in the tournament, and won one additional NCAA tournament game than they did last year. And I, I, I want to be very clear. I'm not suggesting that those are the standards for this program, because they are not. This was a subpar, below expectation, below the standard season. But these things all have an arc and a life to them. Hmm. Are we seeing hope for this team? 
advance yes. for the team. I, I think we do see hope for this team. In spite of the fact that in this last game against Duke, it was really truly the seniors that shined. I think we're we're starting to understand what the role is between Hogard and Walker. Hopefully Walker takes a step forward. Uh, I think this is Hogard's team moving forward, but I want Hogard to take a more active role scoring the ball. Um, maybe someday we haven't even mentioned this name yet. Maybe someday Malik Hall will become a guy that you can rely on in some way. We didn't say his name at all. Because it didn't deserve to be said. I mean, I got another one. Uh, Jay Nakins, one shot. Chucks up a three, drains it. Drains it. But I would not be. a big three too. And, and here's the thing. Jade Nakins puts 15 minutes in this game. We've seen it before out of him logging, you know, double digit minutes. And you don't often notice that he's on the floor, except when he's coming in for some insane rebound. Yeah. Um, and and truthfully, you not noticing that he's there is a good thing. It's the highest praise you can give. I mean, that, that he's not a liability is a good thing for a freshman. What's the thing from Arrested? What's Buster from Arrested? He's a Mil- a Milford man or something? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yes, it just, yes. I, so, but the thing <laughs> is, I want... Neither seen nor heard. I don't get the impression that Jade Nakins has much of a, a green light. Uh, not much of a leash when it comes to offensive output. I would not mind seeing more Jade Nakins in my life. Well, you're going to have to. Be consistent, yeah. And to your point, you're going to have to. And so that means we have AJ Hogard, Tyson Walker, Jade Nakins, and Max Christie all at the guard spots. Yeah, and the wings. I mean, they're but let's talk about yeah, yeah, but guard Christie and Akins are 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 wings. Let's really. let's talk about the five because averaging less than twenty minutes a game does not break confidence for where we are there. Especially, this was not Marvel's game. At the, no, but it. Also. And it but that's what I mean. I mean, this wasn't his game fine, but he is not a consistent performer. He's constantly in foul trouble, and I love the physicality. It might be okay in the Big Ten season. It is a liability almost everywhere else. And uh, he does have a pretty bizarre, like, fadeaway jumper that generally works for him. Yeah, on... he had a bad shooting night, that I, but I wasn't yeah, mad at any I wasn't of mad at either. I wasn't either. I'm not, and I'm not holding him accountable for this. I'm just saying... Looking ahead to next season. He needs to get better defense. He needs to get better defense. He needs to like learn something about the tactics and theory of basketball. Like he's lost on defense. It's not just get better. He he needs to understand how defense works in I, the sport of basketball. I will say this about Julius Marble, though. And this wasn't a great night. And I'm going to pull up the Davidson numbers because I'm sure that I'm going to hate that too uh he was marginally better against davidson 11 minutes but not what i was looking for i was gonna say that he had been had been rebounding at a much better rate than we had seen yes earlier in the season yes if julius marble can become more serviceable on defense keep that rebounding intensity and i mean because he has the offensive output We've seen that from him. I, I, there's not a shot Julius Marble ever takes where I am upset that he took that shot ever. Fine, and I, listen, but my point is at the five on defense. Oh yeah, we need we need new we need someone else. We are in big big trouble. Mm-hmm. Izzo has got to figure out how to work the portal or hire somebody who can. Maybe Mel Tucker can moonlight as like a an assistant or associate. He was there. I said today. Yeah, well, well, you'll notice there was one scholarship athlete that did not play 
in the NCAA tournament. Mari Sissoko is the one dude that's on scholarship, truly on scholarship, not like, you know, Steve Smith Jr. on scholarship. But like, what does that say about a guy that's been in the program for as long as he has? See, I think TV senior next year. He's a junior. He will be a junior next year. Yes. Uh, I think he's going to transfer. I think he's out. I hope so. But the problem is, oh, we, we got to get two, two fights. This is truly, this is the biggest problem because I, I tried to force myself to look at body language and reactions at the end of the game of the seniors, just to see if there's any chance that they're coming back. No dice. None of them are coming back. Night dice. I don't, and, and, and I don't, I don't think any of them and I don't want them to. I would be upset, personally aggrieved, if a single one comes back next season. I think I could handle Joey. Hauser or Bingham coming back, but I don't think they're going to do it. It's just too painful. And that's they're not just... that's not any disrespect to Gabe, if Gabe, but like it's not your team anymore. It didn't work out. Well, let's be clear. It wasn't this season either. Supposed to be needed. That's what I'm saying. Needed it to be. be. Needed it to be. He failed the Michigan State Spartans. Gabe Brown. Gabe Brown will go down as is one of my biggest disappointments in terms of the opportunity cost that he represented to the team because his failure of leadership, his failure of consistency, his failure to be the Spartan we needed him to be is who cost us this tournament gabe brown hang the whole fucking thing around his neck <laughs> okay i think you can say that <laughs> i think what, i think i would get trouble with this. <laughs> what's uh what's it like being on an island is it sunny there just tell me i mean yeah he had a, he had a, he, had a, he had a great night tonight he had 18 points tonight that's that's good that's good he did not lead this team he can have a great performance every once in a while he was not consistently good you know that's true you can't argue that and and what you also can't argue is that he did not create the context by which players on this team could gel around a singular identity and perform well uh uh iowa state beat wisconsin cool oh are we shocked that that wisconsin was a fraud upside um so the the, i think in some ways this team is clearer going forward uh we know what the point guard situation is going to be we know what the wing situation is going to be but the bigs are a huge question mark jackson kohler congratulations you're walking into a lot of minutes grass green grass as far as the eye can see man you are gonna you are going to push Max Christie for the freshman minutes record next year. Yeah, let's, I mean, let's get that guy on, screw AAU, get him on campus. Now. Get him in the weight room. Yep. Like, yesterday. And there's got to be another one. You got to pull someone in. You you can't, the, the resources, uh, I really think that the program moving forward is going to depend on Tom Izzo looking at everything and deciding how am I going to use my resources? How am I going to use the coaching that I can bring in 
and how am I going to use the players that I can bring in? And that's going to determine not just how successful this team is next year. It's going to determine how much longer he can coach. I truly think this. I think that he made a mistake and we were, we talked about this when it happened. I think he made a mistake bringing in retread coaches that he was comfortable with and he needed to challenge himself there. I think he he yeah. thought that things would be easier for him because it's people that he knows that he can trust. But I think what he really needs to do is bring in people that are confident, competent, that he needs to relinquish a little bit of control. And if he does that, yeah. he can be a coach for another five years, seven years, whatever he wants. Yeah. But if he doesn't do that, it's going to gnaw at him. The stress is going to be worse in the long term. And he could be out in a year or two, honestly. It's going to depend on what he's willing to do. We've already seen it with a generational coach in Mark D'Antonio, and he wasn't willing to do this stuff. But yep. I think Tom Izzo has it in him to be willing to do this. I'm, he doesn't fire assistants. That's a problem. I'm not aware of any assistants that he's ever fired. But he's got to do something bringing in guys bringing in bodies off of the portal and he's got to do something with relinquishing some kind of control around the offensive side of the board in particular. My concern is too, that, you know, Jeremy fears looks to be a great talent for 2023. I, I don't know. We're in one and done territory for Tom right now. Hmm. Like, that's the kind of talent he needs to be bringing in at this mm. point in time. I mean, because he five tops, right? That's that's how much longer we got to go. I've always I've been kind of having like a five years rolling situation where it's like, like contract. We got five years of time left. And then the next year I'm like, we got five years of time left. And the next year I'm like, we got five years of time left Four, it, maybe like it could be less than that now. Like it could be one year. It could be. It could be five. Uh, like, sincerely, I think it could be five. You know, it'd be great if, well, no, I wouldn't want him to retire, but truly, if he upstaged Coach K's retirement band tour by saying he was retiring, that would be the greatest F you to Coach K. Oh, yeah. you mean like in the post game? Like if I yeah. looked at my phone and there was an alert that was like, actually, psych, this was my last game? Yeah. Uh, first off, that wouldn't upstage Coach K. <laughs> that's, that's true. Nothing upstages Coach K. There's nothing that can upstage him. Uh, but what do you guys think? I, I kind of sit on a platform here. I think this is the last thing we want to talk about for today. But future of the program, what do you guys think? I, there, I need some, uh, some adaptation. I, it, it's the, the... Look, AJ develops a shot. I think... Things look a lot different for this team. Max finds his shot again. He did a little bit today. But AJ developing a shot truly would be the difference between uh, a a continuation of something that's maybe middling plus, a a bit above the mid. And AJ finding a shot unlocks a lot for this team. But you still need someone at the five. You have to have someone at the five. And we, you know... I think Marble's a a fine player for right now. Jackson Kohler looks to be like he'll have some offensive output that can come in on day one. 
but you got to find you got to find something better. Mm-hmm. You you have to find something better. Um, otherwise, I think we're we're probably wallowing in some mediocrity next year, unless he wants to go like a a four guard lineup. Small I mean, ball. like it, I mean that truly could be. Could, you could see a scenario where it's Max Christie, Tyson Walker, AJ Hauser, and either Pierre Brooks or Jade Nakins on the floor at the same time, and then you've got who playing the five. The problem is, is that like. The only answer to that is is Julius Marble. Yeah, mm. you, you can you know Madi Sissoko hasn't. You, you hope that Madi Sissoko can earn ten minutes a game next year. That's your that's your hope. That's your hope. I stand by. I don't think he's playing any minutes a game next year. But um, we we can't run him out. You can't run him out. But I think he's going to walk. I think hey, you could encourage him. The the writing. Well, no, on the we wall. can't. We can't afford to. That's the yes. problem. I, the the staff would try to keep him because you don't have any other options. But mm. if I were him, I would have decided to walk already. So no, I I don't know. There's there's reasons to think that the the future is bright, but for for the types of lineups that you put your most talent on the floor, you need an offensive innovator that we do not have. And you're not. I am more inclined to believe that Tom Izzo goes to the transfer portal. Than I am to believe that he gets a coach who can do something with the lineup he's got. Yeah. So maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe Western will take someone off our hands. But the problem is, Tom just looked at two open spots over the last couple of years and he was like, bring on the dudes that I already know. So I don't know. Good times. The end is nigh. The end is nigh. But maybe it's not. <laughs> but it is nigh for this podcast. Yes. Uh, look, next week we are probably going to be back into football mode. Uh, who knows? Maybe there will be some news on the basketball front. Um, but, you know, spring ball is here. And good news. No one's going to hear this, uh, but it's right. over on day. Um, so if you're hearing this on Monday, it's over on day today. Go get yourself some Oberons. King and queen of Oberon were uh, crowned at Crunchies at midnight. Maybe it's me. I don't know. Oh, is that where you're headed next? Uh, I'm headed to the editing booth, but then maybe to Crunchies after that. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. All right, gentlemen. Uh, Well, it's been a year. It's been a year. So with that, I will say, go green. We'll be back next year. Go ahead. It's football time, guys. Go white.